Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, first of all, I just want to say it is so glad, I am so glad to be here. Amen. I'm just looking at all you beautiful women. Wow, I like this church. They all like move up. You're taught well. I love it. <laughs> Sometimes we have to go, hey, whoop, back there. Come on up here. Is that true or not? But it, I'm, I'm just so honored to be here. Um, I don't take it as a light thing to speak in this pulpit. It's an honor, and I appreciate it. And I thank you for the honor to be here and to speak in this place and in this church. Um, great men and women of God right here, your pastors. And um, yes, we've known them a long time. And um, in fact, I was thinking back today, um, I'll never forget it because that's when we met, uh, when I met actually Dr. Dufresne um, way back. And I can't remember the year, but we had come down, we had just started pastoring and we were, uh, we were just hungry. You know, we still are. And so he had sat Pastor Nancy and Dr. Dufresne in meetings before um, and heard that they were going to be down here at y'all's church. And so we came and uh, we were getting into our car. Um, I believe we had the kids with us. They were small. And uh, he stopped the car. And you guys, if you ever met him, you know how he was. And he just yelled at us before we got in the car. And he said, hey, I'm coming to your church. And so, you know, we said, okay. You know, so don't tell the prophet no. And so, um, but that's how we, we got to, to um, be involved with them more and, and, and go to the meetings and different things. And I'm telling you that connection has been vital in our lives. Amen. Where you're connected really matters. Amen. And you're connected in a great place. Amen. So I'm honored to be here. I'm honored that some of our, uh, some of our staff and leader, uh, leaders came with us, and they are not with me. They just drove down. You guys are awesome. And so, um, and, and then for my daughter to be here, um, it's, it's an honor. Um, we have one grandson. I'll just share with you. Is that okay? Is everybody, is everybody loose in this place? Are you, you know what I mean by that? You're not, you're not all uptight, right? Okay, good. It's Friday night. All right? So everybody go like this. <gasps> okay. All right, I'll finish my story in a minute. How many of you dropped off the kids at a babysitter? Nobody. Awesome. Uh, okay, so how many of you left them with the, the husbands, if you have kids? Left them with your husbands? Oh. Their fathers. Oh, sorry, Pastor. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, the, okay, with, with, with the fathers. Okay, so not very many have kids. No? All right. Um, well, praise God. Um, you're old, old folks. I don't see old folks in here, but anyway, I, you know, Friday nights, uh, you could be somewhere else, but you're in church. And so we're going to have a good time tonight. We are going to have a good time. I know it. I know it. And so anyway, what I say, my daughter's here and we have a grandson. He's almost two. His name's Hayden. And we have one on the way, another one on the way, another boy. And so we're just, uh, don't feel like a grandmother, but I'm, I'm owning it. I'm owning it. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it big. Yeah, so praise God. So that's a little about ourselves. And yes, we've been pastoring about 16 years up there at Faith Life in Warner Robins. And uh, enjoy it. 
Uh, it's what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. So praise God. Well, I hope you brought your Bibles with you tonight. We're going to look at some things. I uh, so appreciate great worship. And the reason I really do is, first of all, because darkness flees. I said darkness flees when you praise him and you worship him. Amen. Darkness flees. I call it crusties. Crusties get off of you. People get crusties on them. They, they get, you, ever, you ever put a piece of toast in the toaster and you put it in for too long and it gets burnt? Or it gets real, like, hard? That's what happens to a lot of Christians in their Christian walk. They get too crusty and, and unmovable and uh, uh, set in their ways. And, um, you know, his presence loosens us up. And it helps us stay on course. And, and that's just a place to live. Amen? So, man, I, I appreciate you guys, and I, I just enjoyed that fully. Um, I enjoyed that. So tonight we're going to talk about some things, but hopefully you brought your Bibles. Um, that's a good thing to bring when you come to church, isn't it? All right. And so we're going to uh, talk about that you were made for this time. <laughs> I said, you were made for this time. You were born for this time and this purpose in the earth today. And uh, I know this is a, a women's conference. Um, and, you know, we're so speaking to, to women. But how much more in the time that we're living in, having Holy Ghost filled, anointed women of God who aren't tainted by with what the world is doing and saying and flowing in. But we're going the way he, he's going. Amen? Because let me just give you a little insight. He's coming soon. That's not insight, is it? I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that Jesus is coming soon. He's, I mean, real soon. I mean, like things are, things are on that road, right? We know that. And so we want to be in the right place at the right time with the right people, doing the right thing. And that's not just something we tell our kids. That's something we live. Being in the right place, at the right time, with the right people, doing the right thing. Amen. And so tonight you're here because this, this is where we're supposed to be. Amen. So you were made for this time. Everybody say, look at your neighbor and say, don't you hate it when they say that? You know, look at your neighbor and you're like, do I have bad breath? And you check your breath and all that. Well, you don't have to say it to somebody, but just say this out loud. I was made for this time. I was created for this time. I was born for this time. And nothing's going to move me off of it. No friend. No spouse. No children. No wayward children. No stanky people. No. No, nothing's going to move me off of the plan of God for my life because I'm going forward into his plan and into his purposes and I ain't moving and I'm not backing up. We're going forward into his plan and his purposes and he has something for us and he has something for us to see this weekend um, that we were, that we were born for. So let's open up our Bibles and turn to James 5, 7 and uh, I just do you mind if I grab my water? I just, I kind of keep it with me because I just like drink a lot of water. (laughs) Have to clarify that. Yeah. Clarify that. 
Praise God. James 5, 7. And, uh, yeah, James 5, 7. And I'm just going to read this part of it. It says, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Let me get over there and make sure, because I, I was, didn't have these written out. So James 5, 7. It says, yeah, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Listen to this. An established heart is one that's rooted and grounded in the things of God. An established heart is one that's rooted and grounded in the things of God. A person who invests time with God and in the word, and they receive inner strength from the Holy Spirit that neither time nor circumstances can weaken. Let me read that again because it's Friday night and you guys are still processing the traffic that you just drove in. An established heart is one that's rooted and grounded in the things of God. A person who invests time with God and in the word and receives inner strength from the Holy Spirit that neither time nor circumstances can weaken. And I underlined time nor circumstances can weaken because that's what usually tries to weaken us is time and circumstances, right? So, oh, it's taking too much time and I'm, I've used my faith and, I, you know, and people get weary in believing. Hello? Get weary in their believing. And so we've seen over the years in pastoring that people, they, they, they drop their faith. They get off the faith radar and they... Because it took too much time to see what they were looking for. Am I in the right church tonight? I mean, you guys aren't a whole... No, no, come on. We understand that these things happen, right? So time and circumstances can weaken your heart. And out of your heart, that's where your faith resides, right? Down on the inside of you. So... So time can weaken that and circumstances can weaken that. Now, come on, let's go, let's get down real, real level tonight right here it, it, where, where we live. Kids, spouses, work situations, the times that we live in, right? The pressures from how things are out in the world and in, in the way that they, it tries to mold you and put you into that box, right? And so those things, and he said, no, he said, establish your heart, keep it strong, keep it grounded in the things of God because the coming of the Lord is at hand and we don't want to be caught off doing our own thing and, and off in a, in a wrong, in a wrong area when, and he's coming, whoop, whoop. And I'm going, (laughs) right? Are are you guys going like that? I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to be like that. Something like that in a twinkling of an eye. I just picture I'm a visual person and we're gone. You're talking to somebody. We're gone. Come on. He's coming soon. So we have to establish our hearts as women that we're talking to women tonight. So women, we, we get, get off and get all goofy sometimes in our, in, in our being a woman, you know what I mean by that? Like we, we let our emotion, you know, you know how you get, come on. I liked that video. You got, (laughs) you got one going through one part of life and one going through the other. 
Is anybody going through the end? Because I'm, I'm, praise God. Hallelujah. Right? So we have the, the different things that come at us as women. The different issues. Right? But that doesn't give us an excuse to not establish our hearts. Oh, I'm too busy. I've got kids and I've got to go to school and I got to do my husband and I got to do all this. No, there's no, there's no excuse. There's no excuse, right? And so we, we establish our hearts. We're the ones who make the decision to get in there and to say, I don't care. I, I like this saying, hell or high water. That was one, you know, when I was little, come hell or high water. <laughs> Not that old, but come hell or high water, right? We're going to serve him with everything in us. Amen. And we're going to do what he's called us to do because his coming is soon. Amen. 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 So neither time or circumstances can weaken. Let's turn over here to Jude 1, 3, and 4. We're going to look at, if these ladies know, I always have tons of verses. <laughs> Love the word, right? Love the word, right? So Jude 1, 3, and 4. And let's read this. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to, everybody say the word. Oh, that was weak. (laughs) To what? To contend. To contend. (laughs) Does anybody know what contend means? To strive for, right? We're going to look at this. To contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints, to contend for the faith. Um, they gave this example, and I liked it. It says, striving together much like a wrestler struggling against an opponent. That's, that's what contending is. You're contending for the faith. You know, like I said just a minute ago, sometimes people are so quick to give up. You know, and... and it, in the Bible, basically, you can wrap it up like this. Do hard things. Do hard things. Hebrews 11, the, all those people, they did hard things. They in the hall of faith. Because right? they did hard things. But they believed God. Amen. Amen. So he said to contend for the faith. Striving together much like a wrestler struggling, struggling against an opponent. How many of you have ever been to a wrestling match? Yeah, you ever been? I don't like them. But, you know, if, you, if somebody you know does, that's great and everything. But it's kind of weird. I don't know. But they, they get it, you know, but they, they're struggling to get the position over the other one, right? So they can get the hold, right? So they can get the, 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 the tap out, right? And so he said, no, no, no. I want, you, I want you to contend like that. So when things get hard, when things get dicey, when things look like it's not going to equal out, how many of you have ever been there? One person. Wow, that's great. I don't know. I, I just thought I'd share with, about mine tonight. I mean, there's maybe that the two of us, we can share about how, how that was. But, um, but he said to contend for the faith, to strive, to go forward, to, to, to wrestle, to... to uh, to, to get yourself to get in that place to go forward. So you're not like, ah, you know, I, I, you know, faith. You know. 
Listen, without faith, you can't please him. (laughs) And I want to please him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, because John 10, 10, before I go back to this, it, it says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come. I don't like to, I don't like to leave it on the negative. You know, come on, let's, let's be positive about it. Okay. I love God. He's positive. He said, look at the thief. He comes to steal, kill and destroy, but, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Okay. So let me, let me, let me ask you this question. How come our lives look a lot like the world's interesting, isn't it? That So many times Christians' lives looked exactly like somebody who isn't one. None of us in here, I know, but whoever else, somebody else we know, right? But he told us to contend for the faith. He told us to establish our hearts because he's coming soon. And he doesn't want us to go off the radar. Listen, it ought to matter to us when somebody goes off the radar. I get it. I mean, I... I take, I mean, I used to take it more personal, not against me, but I just, I love people and I want to see them be, be in the place that they're supposed to be in. And you want to, you want to just grab arms with people and you say, come on, come on, we can do this. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel so soon. You can do this to contend as if you were struggling against an opponent. Of course, we know, and I, you understand that we win. Because he already won. So you understand I'm not sitting here saying fight against the devil, okay? You know, like that. All right. No, no, no emails. First Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, but we're going to say women tonight. Be strong. Let me read it again. First Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on the alert. Hmm. There he goes again. He's telling you, look, you know, there's things we need to look out for. Be on the alert. Stand firm. Don't get in a fetal position and sing a bad, bad song. Oh, poor me. No fetal positions. Oh, no. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I always win. Greater is he that's in me. Than he that's in the, he said he came that I might have life and then I might have it more abundantly. That's greater. That's, that's over the top. Stupendous. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like women. Act like men. Be strong. Hmm. Be on the alert. Because your adversary walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't quit. So we shouldn't either. He's on it 24-7. So the minute you back off, and you only Christian on Sunday, or Wednesday, or Friday night, oh, he's calling all his friends. He's phoning a friend. Yeah. Yeah. He's Snapchatting. You guys got to go. He's a, he's on it. He knows. 24 seven. But Jesus came 
that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I am living in abundant life no matter what. I don't care. I don't care what everybody else does. I'm not going to have a sad story. I'm not going to have a scowl on my face. I'm not going to live all uptight all the time. Life is too short (laughs) to be uptight and to get early gray hairs that you got to like take a Sharpie marker and get them between colorings. Come on, come on. Because you're, you're, you're so stressed out. We're living the abundant life. The life that he established for me before time ever was. Praise God. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and women. Be strong. I like this one. Romans 12, 9. Let's turn over there. All right. You guys go into it. It's quiet in here. You guys thinking about what's being said, I guess. Romans 12. 12, 9. It says, let love be without hypocrisy, arbor or hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And I'll stop there. We're going to get more into it in a minute. But he said, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Tell you, there's other things, but one of the many things that will keep you in the things of God and on the right track is don't lose your fire. Don't lose your fire. Fervent in spirit, not lagging, what it say, in diligence. Rejoice, uh, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, not lagging in diligence. Wow. The message Bible says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Or you can just remember the word kindle because it means to light a a fire. Just remember that name. The message Bible says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. You know, because there's many out there that hate what's good. It's just the opposite. Just like I think it says over in 1 Timothy 4. talks about in the last days, the perilous times will come and all this. We understand that people, it's backwards. They love what's evil. Oh, I love that movie. You know where they rip everybody's heads off and they dismember them? That's, that's my favorite movie. And good is frowned upon and is called evil. Right? So we understand that. But the Bible tells us right here to not lag in diligence, be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Love, cling to what is good, hate what is evil. Cling to what is good and hate what is evil. So there are some, there are some pretty testy lines there. It's just... I guess I'm a, I'm a black and white person. There is no, like, um, it's like it either is or it isn't. It's like there's no fudging. It's like, you know, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, no, no, there's none. It is what it is. Because I already did all that. You know what I mean by that? I mean, I already played the games and did the things and, you know, used to drink like a fish, went to rehab, lied, 
did the whole thing, stole from my parents. You know, that was when I was younger. I'm much older now. <laughs> but that's how my life was. So when, when I got born again, my life changed. And I no longer was that way anymore. And so when I read this, I took it. That's, that's the way it is. There was no like, well, maybe I'll just do this for a while and, and hang around my same friends. And there was none of that. It was, it was black and white. So we have to hate what is evil and cling to what is good in the society we live in right now. In the day we live in right now where everything is crazy, or as the young people say, cray, it's crazy. It's off the chain. It's, it's like you can't even explain it. And you almost don't want to like have grandkids grow up in this. But, but we have to. We, we want, we keep going until Jesus comes back. We stay hooked up to what he's doing. We need another generation of people coming. We have that. They're coming up. And they're serving him and they're on fire for him. Amen. Amen. We keep going. We don't let him gain strength. Praise God. So you were made for this time. Everybody say, stay close. Stay close, stay close to him. See, because when we love him, we stick close to him. Stick real close to him. I mean, don't try to live as far on the edge as you can. Don't live... You know, it's like when my, <laughs> when my kids were little, you know, you say, now don't take that drink out of the kitchen because it's going to hit the carpet and I don't want it on the carpet. And walk over to the very edge, stand on the toes on there and look around to see if you're looking because they're going to push the, they're going to push the envelope, right? So we don't want to do that in the things of God. We, we want to stick as close as we can to him, right? And stay close to him in the days we're in. We can trust him. He's transforming us on the inside. Every time we get around these things and come into church and hear the word, he's transforming us. He's, he's, cre- he's making us more like him, more in his image. Amen. And he's doing those things on the inside because we're, we're daughters and, and, and children of the most high God. I like Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. Let's turn over there for just a minute. Galatians uh, 2.20, and I know you can quote it. I always like to look at it. I always like to look at it. Galatians 2.20. Yep. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, (laughs) but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by what? Faith. In the son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. So I'll never forget when we first started the church. <laughs> I was preaching one time. It was, I think it was a Wednesday night. And uh, this, this man, he uh, piped up right in the middle of my sermon. And he said, that's not correct. It says, and he finished it, you know, it was like two words off. I, I quoted, you know, the very end. It wasn't like doctrinally off. It was just like, I didn't say the and something else. And he corrected me. And my, and my husband, wow. Yeah. He stood up and told him, you don't, you know, you don't do that, but I'll never forget that. And I, I, you know, and I thought to myself, isn't it funny? So many times we think we know the word because we can quote it, but it's not even revelation to us. 
It's not even revelation. It wasn't revelation to him. He was into quoting it. He could quote a lot too. And he, and he was right. That I, did, I missed the thought. <laughs> but that wasn't the time nor place to say that. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to buy him one of those mats that we saw today. Praise God. So you understand that, and I got, I got off track when I just said that. Um, well, what was I talking about, Demi? The scripture, yes. And so um, Galatians 2.20, here we go. So uh, I'm going to read again. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but now Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ lives in me. I've been crucified. My life is not my own. I don't belong to myself anymore. I don't get to do all the things that I want to do. I I laid my life down. You know that song? My life is not my own. You like that song? To you I belong. I give myself. You know, I gave myself to him. It's no longer what I want to do. I was born for this time. You were born for this time. We were born to make a difference in the day that we're living in right now. We were born to make a difference at college. We were born to make a difference in the office that we work in. We were born to make a difference with our children and with our grandchildren. That when they sit on our laps, the very life of God that's on the inside of me transfers into my grandbaby. Because I believe it. I'm full of the life of God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's y'all. That's y'all. Well, my life is boring. I don't really do much. Yeah, but you have the life of God in you. You can transfer that when you go to the grocery store. Come on. I was in Publix today, and I don't know who in here did this, but it was great. Because the lady who was checking us out, she said, what did she say? What are you doing this weekend? And I said, we're going to a conference. And she said, and then you told her the church, and she said, somebody invited me to that. Yay. Good. You invited somebody. That's awesome. I don't know who it was. Was it you? Wait, so, and, and so we talked to her for a minute, but see, people are hurting. Yes. People need what we have. Yes. And sometimes we get so comfortable and so crusty yes. and so set in our ways. I'm, go- I'm going to church. That we don't even think about anybody else. You throw the kids in the car, but mommy, no, you're, we're going to church. And, and we get, and we get just, nobody wants to be like that. Right? Praise God. Galatians five sixteen says, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. <laughs> so if we walk in the spirit, we stay close to him. We stay in these things. Amen. Walk in the spirit. Get up in the morning. I'm full. I'm full of the life of God. Get your tank full. Some of us, we try to do life without our tank full. We're living on, on empty. And empty doesn't, doesn't equate well in, in the world we're living in. You go, <laughs> you go out in an empty world, empty, something's going to fill you. So we start the day in his presence, getting full of him, living in the spirit, and we don't even want to go there. We don't even go over there. We don't get tripped up by those things because 
We're close to him. He's on the, very, on the inside of us. Amen? And we can, uh, we can tap into his strength. Amen? Praise God. Let's see here. Praise God. So in the world, there's so many things out there that are like counterfeits. And if we were to talk, we won't get into all those things tonight, but there's so many counterfeits. There's so many things that look nice, smell nice, taste good. You know, they, they gratify our, our senses, but they're counterfeit. Counterfeit. And you guys know the real here because you're taught well. I mean, you guys know, well, that's not right. But I'm, I'm talking about living that way and staying firm in that. Remember the first verse, establish your heart. Establish it. And keep on doing that. You know, tightening up in the days before, you know, like the, the, the Navy. What do they do? They put the, the ships in dry dock. And they get it. They, they go over all the maintenance and do all the things when, you know, it's in dry dock. Before the storm. Before they hit the big storms out at sea. Right? So that in that storm, there's no leaking. It's pretty bad when you're on a submarine and it leaks. That's a bad juju day. That's a bad day. That's a bad day when you're on a submarine and it leaks. (laughs) You're not going to go very far. Praise God. So he wants to, in his presence, when we get with him and we're in his presence and we start the day that way, it's tightening those loose areas in our life. It's tightening the areas that that are, they get loose through trials and the different things that we go through. And they get unattended to. But in his presence, he's so gentle and he'll speak to us. And he'll show us things. And he's not mean. He's a good, good father. That's who he is. And he'll gently say, hey. You know, I, I've told this story so many times. I like coffee. <laughs> and... uh it was years ago, and, and I was just worshiping the Lord, and just real gently he said, cut back your coffee. Cut back your coffee. Because I was drinking, like, a lot. <laughs> we won't even talk about glasses, how many, but a lot. And my personality, he knows me. And he knows what I, I can handle, and he knows what's good for my health. And if we'll listen, we'll avoid pitfalls in our life. And we can't, then we can't turn around and blame it on God. Because when we get with him and we're, we're comfortable in his presence, he'll show us, it says, how be it when the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide us into all truth. He won't speak of himself, but he'll show us things to come. In his presence, he'll show us things to come. We'll know what to do. We'll know how to live in this time. We won't follow the counterfeits. We won't take the bait. That's out there. Amen. Amen. You said, some are saying, well, this doesn't apply to me because of where I'm at in life. Listen, it applies to all of us because I've known people in their seventies to quit straight up. Look at me in the face and say, I'm done. Well, have a great life (laughs) because what else is there? There's nothing else. There's nothing, nothing that's as important as him and having a relationship with him. He's the only one who satisfies what you going to do when you're 70 and you give up on God and you just say, I'm not doing that anymore? Uh, how's that going for you? Because there is no other way. 
to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. I mean, just bring it down. Let's, let's sing the old hymn. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Having discernment, knowing what's real. In his presence, you will gain discernment. You will know, because he'll show you. And you know what he likes, and you know what he doesn't like. And of course, his word guides us and shows us those things. It's the word and the spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And of course, we know that example over there when Elisha told, you know, asked that the servant's eyes would be opened, that he would see. And he would see the arm, and he he, he opened up his eyes, and he said, Master, he could see. If we could see tonight the things in the spirit, that the angels, the angelic hosts, the help that we have, the strength that surrounds us, that he would open our eyes, that we would see that. We wouldn't quit. I believe that there's some in here that... You're looking, you're looking at me, you're smiling, but you're on the verge of quitting in some areas. And God's dealing with your heart. And the word of God is very, very true. It's the only truth. And he said he'd never leave you and he'd never forsake you. And it doesn't matter what you've been through. I said, it doesn't matter what you've been through. There is nothing too difficult. We could have a little, uh, little party right here if we start lining up people and asking them what God's done for them. There's nothing. I said nothing too difficult for him. Amen. So what, let's look at these things right, real quick. It says, what are two things that will keep us from walking in the fullness of what God has for us? What are two things that will keep us from walking in the fullness of what God has for us. This first one is very interesting. Have you ever seen somebody that was a quiet quitter? Anybody? You know what I'm talking about when I say quiet quitter? They go through all the motions of everything, but their heart is far from it. You know, they still attend, but they're gone. They're a shell. It's like they quit a, a long time ago. So, but they're still, they're still doing it, still going through it. But even through the half smile, you can, you can tell that they're, they, they gave up. Quiet quitting will keep us out of God's best. We were made for this time. We were born for this time. And he needs everybody on board. He needs everybody. Every eight, he needs us all. There's not one that's not important. But when people quiet quit, they literally, they sit, they nod their heads, they, they have smile, but their heart is disengaged. Matthew 15, 8 in the NIV says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They honor me with their hearts, 
I mean, sorry, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We want to make sure and look at our hearts tonight and really just look at some things while we're sitting here. Have, are we in that category? Have we let things kind of slide and slip and we're like, you know what? Where, where is the joy of my salvation? Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Because I don't know about y'all, but man, when I got saved, I, w- I was, oh, yeah, I mean, and I've had conversations with God about it. I mean, he'd say, you're you going to act like you, you don't know me? You're all that in a bag of chips? No, not even chips, Doritos, because those are top shelf, you know, good stuff. You're going to act all arrogant and high and pious? Yeah, no. He said, restore to me the joy of my salvation, what he did for me. Take it down to the very basics. The very basics of our Christianity. What has he done for you? What did he do? What's your story? What did he do for you? Well, it was like 30 years ago and I don't remember. No, why don't you think about it? Let's think about it tonight. What has he done for you? What's your story? I know my story and I share it a lot. I mean, you say, well, I don't have a story. I didn't do all that you did. You sinner. No, no, I didn't do all that. I just, I just went to church. Well, that's great. That's a great testimony. But man, you can be one of those quiet quitters who sits in your seat, half smiles, half raises your hand, and no joy. And be out of the game. Be essentially out of the game. And he needs us all in. He needs our hearts all in in these days. He needs everyone on board. He needs, us all, he needs us all to be in motion. Doing the work of the ministry. You know what I mean by that. Going out, sharing in your job, full of life, full of the joy of your salvation. You don't know how many times I'll be driving down from the church, going out to the road, goes like this and... I'm looking both ways and I'm like, you know what? You know what? I'm just so glad that I get to do that. That I get to be there. That you would choose me to speak to your people. What an honor. What a privilege. And then, of course, the enemy comes and he says, well, you ain't got that many people. And, you know, he starts off and you say, No. No, I get to do the plan of God. I get to do what he called me to do. I get to do it. I'm excited about it. And that's my story. The joy of our salvation. What has he done? What has he done for you? I sense the Holy Ghost in here. What has he done for you? He's done a lot. So don't be a quiet quitter. <laughs> Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified, and I don't even have that. I didn't write these out, so I thought we might. <laughs> I can't remember if they had it up there, but Ephesians 2.10. Let's just look at it in the King James then. Ephesians 2.10. Praise God. Are you all with me? You guys can endure this? No. Praise God. Ephesians 
Let's read this. Glasses is good. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. You know, it's not about works. It's, you know, it's just, he created us for good things. Remember he said that I'm, you might have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't call it bad works. He said, good works. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. In the work. I'm not going to be one of those, those Christians that looks like they sucked on a pickle. Nobody wants what we have when we look like that. Nobody. And I sure didn't. Remember somebody come up and witnessing to me one time. I was, I was not a nice person then. And I just remember thinking, I don't want that. Look at you. No, that's a big no for me. Show me something. You know, we've got so much. On the inside of us. We've been taught so well. I mean top shelf stuff y'all. I mean good stuff. Like for years and like for years. Some of you umpteen. Everybody say umpteen. Lots of lots of years. We've been taught good. Now we got to do something. With the good. He said he created us for good works. Ooh, Glory. Created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I like the amplified, and I did write this in my book. It it does say living the good life. How many of you want to live the good life? And I'm not talking about a beer commercial. I'm not. I'm not talking about these uh, CBD shops. No. No, we're talking about the good life. The best life. The life above all, all lives. Because he lives in me. Amen. Amen. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Everybody shake off the crusties. Shake off the crusties. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number two. Let's look at this. Two things that will keep us from walking in the fullness of what God has for us. Idleness. So we have quiet quitters, and then we just have people that are idle. Do you know what, anybody know what idleness means? Idleness. Lazy. Producing little or no fruit. You know, if we had time tonight, we could go over to John chapter 15. He talks about abiding in the vine, abiding in him, living in him. We've kind of touched on it a little bit tonight. But if we want to produce fruit in our lives that people actually want to pick and they actually want, we got to stay close to him. We have to get around him, spend time with him. Because the more we spend time with him, the more we become like him. And he's not sad. (laughs) Oh, he's not sad. And so many Christians are sad. I like what one minister says. He says, you can't get a sad Holy Ghost. You can only get a happy Holy Ghost. There's no choice. Um, I'll, I'll take the sad one. No, you can't get a sad Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm in the line for the sad ones. 
<laughs> Don't pick that, y'all. Praise God. He wants us to be happy. Amen. So idleness. Let's look at this one. Second Thessalonians. I told you we had a lot of scripture, but that's okay. Second Thessalonians 3, 11. Can that be right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had it in the amplified. You guys don't have it amplified down there. Do you? Oh, you do? Yeah, let me have that. 311. All right. Here it is in the Amplified. Indeed, we hear that some among you are disorderly <gasps> in church, that they are passing their lives in idleness, neglectful of duty, being busy with other people's affairs instead of their own, and doing no work. <laughs> Thank you. Busy bodies. Right? I tell you what, and the reason I brought this one up is because women, when we get bored, I'm going to turn around and look this way. (laughs) I'm going to look that way. When we get bored or when things don't go our way or when we're not in our niche and our everything, we get busybody, baby. (laughs) We do. I know a lot of you are just looking at me like, yeah, that's not me, I know. No, but what happens is, when we get busy with his work and the things God has for us to do and we get in the secret place and we find out what that is, nobody can take that away from us. And then you're not jealous when somebody else is doing what they got in the secret place of the most high. <laughs> they got direction and everybody's all happy for one another because they're like, oh, that's so awesome. And I'm doing this and everybody's joyful because they got their own direction. And people don't become busybodies. Well, sister so-and-so, I heard. You know how that all works. Not in church. I know it's not in church, right? Right. But we become busybodies. We become idle. And as Christians, we're created to create, excel, and prosper. As women, we're created to create, excel, and prosper. Create, excel, and prosper. And create doesn't just mean make babies. Hello, hello, hello. Create. If you turn over to Proverbs and you look what a godly woman is. (laughs) Hello. Yeah, godly woman creates with her hands. There's things that he's, he's designed for you to do that you alone are going to do. Create, excel, prosper. And when you find out what that plan is, it'll make you the happiest woman in the whole earth. And you won't have time for idleness. You won't have time for anything else except doing the plan. Right? Getting involved in your local church, doing the things you do, right? Excel, you know, helping the kingdom go forward in your community, the things you guys have here. But then he also has ideas for you. God ideas. Enlargement. And I said enlargement. 
And I'm not talking about weight. I'm talking about enlargement in your thinking. Enlarging. Making room for more. There's more. There's more. I said there's more. Right? Because he created us for this time. So he doesn't do things puny. I didn't get a small God when I got saved. I got a big God. I got big God. (laughs) And he's not small. He's big. And so he does big things. And so he has big things for you. He has big things in the plan. But what happens is because we don't get in there and get in that secret place or get with him, we try to do it on our own with our own ideas and our own twist on it. It's a fail. Everybody say fail, fail. And then we get upset at God because he didn't bless what you want to do. And that's so twisted. (laughs) He's a good, good father. And he has good plans. He says, I know the plans. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans. Hey, plans, plans, Woo! plans to prosper you. What else? To give you what? Uh, oh, hope. I just feel so down. I'm so dry. No, he, he said he's going to give you hope. Finish it out for me. And a, uh, a future. Yeah, well, just everything right now after, after everything in the earth and everything's going on and the shutdowns and everything, I just don't have... No, you get with him and everything just opens up. And you, and you just start thinking big. You just start thinking, wow, whoa. You can't even... I mean, whoa. Thinking God's thoughts. The way he thinks. For my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Yeah, But I also know that when I got born again and then I got filled with the Holy Ghost, the greater one lives on the inside of me. I have everything that I need. I have his thoughts. He's in me. She's yelling. No, I'm just, mm. you know, come on, come on. Because he lives in us. We can do all things. I have the things that I need. I have vision for my future. I have those things because the greater one lives on the inside of me. Hallelujah. So we're all busy until his return. All busy. Colossians 1, 9 and 10. You guys know that, that prayer, right? I'm sure you pray it here in, in the Ephesians, Colossians. Let's read it really quick. No, it's not Ephesians. Philippians is in there too. And then Colossians. Colossians 1.9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, don't cease to pray for you and to ask that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord. Ooh, the next one is great. Fully pleasing him. I'm not living to please myself or what people think about me on Facebook. Oh, I don't care. I just don't. I want to please him. I want to do what he wants. I want to fulfill the call that he has on my life. Come on. He has a call. He has things that you're supposed to be doing in the earth. You know what I'm saying? Connected to the plan. Of course, connected to the vision here as well. Amen. Fully pleasing him, being fruitful. There it is. We talked about idleness, producing no fruit. But he said, being fruitful in every good work. 
and increasing in the knowledge of God. Woo! How many of you want that? Mm Mm-hmm. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. And then it goes on. So we're busy until his return. We are increased on the inside. We are fruitful in every good work. We're not idle sitting around getting in other people's business. No, we're getting in the secret place. We're getting in that place. We're finding out what he wants and we're getting orders. And and then we go and we do what he's called us to do. Amen. Amen. So what does he have for us in these last days? What does he have? Well, he has, he has a few things for us. You guys ready? Who's taking notes? Woo! All right. He has guidance for us. Said, we were just talking about that, but I know. But he has guidance for us. Psalms 32.8 says, I will, I will instruct you and teach you in the way. Let's look at it with our eyes. Psalms 32.8. Psalms 32.8. Psalms. Thirty-two, eight, And it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Of course, we could go on to nine. Don't be like the horse or like the mule who have no understanding. But we won't get into that tonight. He said, I will guide. <laughs> That's another sermon, right? <laughs> but he says, I will instruct you and I will teach you. I will guide you. Your guidance comes from him, not from you putting, you know, stuff out there on Twitter and trying to get, see what people are going to answer you back on or come on. We're so caught that we're so caught up in that. Getting the answers from somewhere out here. And this is our answer book right here. Amen. But I just, it just doesn't make me feel the same precisely because you're, you're, you're viewing it all wrong. (laughs) It's not supposed to make you feel good. You want a mirror? You want to take a selfie? Uh, look in the perfect law of liberty. And don't f- get in here and don't forget what you see. Take as many selfies as you want. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. So he gives us guidance. John 14, 27 says, he'll give us joy and peace. Let's look at that. John 14, 27. Hopefully this is enough scripture can help you. <laughs> John 14. Sometimes I just preach off of one, but there was a lot tonight. John 14, 27. And let's look at this. John 14, 27. My peace. Well, let's go back up here to 25 because we're talking about his help. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Who will? The Holy Spirit. Of course, he's talking about, you know, these things beforehand. But it says, peace I will leave, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. What does he have for us in the last days? Joy and peace. Of course, that was about peace right there. But he has those things for us because if we don't have them, nobody else is going to have them. 
if we don't have an exe- and have that in our lives, nobody is going to want what we have. Because that is a, de- that is a deciding, I mean, what's the word? Um, uh, it's going to help people look at us and say, they are different from what I see every day. And it is time for the church to rise up and to stand in our place in that area. Amen. Quit looking like everybody else and acting like everybody else. Maybe not even on purpose you're doing it or we do it, but just the way we go around. Just We have joy and we have peace. And people will be drawn to that. They'll say, you... There, I know what's going on in your life, and you act like, and it's an open door to say, I have something, someone I should say, that helps me. And you have an open door. Instead of knocking on doors, <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong with that. But I mean, that, what a great, a great way to tell somebody what he's done for you. Amen? So what is he have for us in the last days. He has guidance. He has joy and peace. Um, Romans fourteen seventeen, and you guys know this verse. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and, jo- and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And I'm telling you, I, I've been very diligent, I believe, about walking in this. To the best of my ability, because of the days we live in, when we, our, our lives are like billboards. And when we go around and we have understanding of who we are in Christ, righteousness, hmm? peace. We're not falling apart and singing, I'm falling to pieces. We're not in a fetal position. We're not waiting for the rapture so we can get out of here. Righteousness, peace, and then joy when everybody else is so scared and so full of uh, just fear. And and you see it in their eyes. You go into Walmart. It's like, whoa. People are empty. They're so empty and they're looking for something. And we have the answer and we have everything on the inside of us to offer them. He said the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Anything else? (laughs) Come on. I don't want it. So what does he have for us in the last days? He has these things for us. Mark 16, 17. Mark 16, 17. I'm almost done here. Woo! Everybody say woo. All right. You still with me? All right. (laughs) Mark 16, 17. Glory. And these signs will follow them who believe. Is that y'all? In my name, they will cast out demons. Oh, I'm, I'm not on that. I'm not. Big no for me. I'm not in that line. 
What did he just say? He said, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. Whoa. They will speak with new tongues. Oh, I like that one. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will. Everybody likes this one. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Listen, if you're going to do that, you got to do the first one. (laughs) You get to pick and choose, right? Come on. What were, what were we created for? In these last days, to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, to be a billboard of his goodness, to be filled with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, to have guidance on the inside that I got in that prayer room. I got in that time with my father and I know what I'm doing. Bless you. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing because you're guiding me, Lord. You're helping me. You're giving me wisdom. You're giving me discernment in the days we're living in. I'm not dumb. I have all wisdom. I'm a, I'm a godly woman with godly wisdom. And I know, I know what to say. I know what to do. I'm full of him. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Did we already read Psalms 139, 16? Okay, let's go there. Woo. All right now, Psalms 139. So are we filled with guidance? Are we full with joy and peace and righteousness? Joy in the Holy Ghost? Psalms 139. Hmm. Good things for us. 139, 16. Your eyes, well, let's look at this one. 13, verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Most women look in the mirror and say, I look like trash. I don't like my eyes are too close together. My legs are too short. My hair's messed up and I have gray hair. I have wrinkles. I mean, you just pick every little part out. Come on. Only one person. Again, I'm just going to talk to that one person tonight. (laughs) Okay. I will praise you because I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. He doesn't make, you know, that used to be such a saying, but it's so true. He doesn't make junk. He didn't make you on accident. You might feel like you're an accident. Somebody might have told you you're an accident, but you're no accident. He doesn't make junk and he, there are no accidents. He needs all hands on deck. He needs you. He needs you. Glory. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought or made in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. The days that were fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. He already knew it. He already knew. If ever I've seen anything in the, in the days we're living in, it's uh, young people that don't know what they're doing. What, in, you know what I mean? They don't know. They don't feel like there's a, a plan. They feel like they get out of high school or college and they just kind of, you know, there's nothing for me. Look at this world. It's messed up. I don't, I don't know what to do. But he just said right here, Let's read it again. Your eyes saw me being yet unformed. And in your book, they're all, they all were written. The days fashioned for me. When as yet, there were none of them. He cares about you. He needs you. He needs you for the work that has to be done. You're not trash. 
You were created and designed for a purpose. He knew it. And he wants you to realize that. And he wants you to get, get yourself just a little bit of an alignment, a little bit in, come over and get positioned. You know how, you ever, you ever on your GPS, you know, it says reposition, or what does it say? Redirecting? Recalculating? You know, I, I, you know, in talking with people over the years, you see that. They'll say, well, I messed up and I can't, I've gone too far. Nobody, I don't know, maybe I just don't know your story, but I was messed up. I had gone whoop, way far. Everybody say, way far. way far. If I would have said that, I would have been dead. They're burying my 31-year-old cousin tomorrow in, in North Carolina because of some things in his life that breaks my heart, you know? Couldn't, couldn't get over. And he knew Jesus. But it's never too late. You haven't messed up bad enough to turn around and recalculate. He's the great recalculator. And, and you don't have to try to sit down to figure it out. Well, the pros and cons or anything you can, he's going to help you do it. Cause he's the master planner. He knows You were created for this time and this purpose. Master calculator. Even if you're older and you say, well, all these years I've messed up and I just, you know, married the wrong thing. I did this. I did this. He's so precious and gracious, full of compassion and mercy. There's nothing, nothing that you've done. I must have said something. (laughs) Nothing that you've done. Where you've gone too far, that you can't go back, that he can't fix. I don't know why I'm on that. That wasn't in my notes. He's fashioned your days. Hallelujah. 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 So I'm going to leave you with this. Just a few minutes ago, we were reading about Romans, you know, Romans 12 there. And we're talking about having, being fervent in spirit and serving the Lord. Another, the Amplified, and I don't think I read this, but it says, be aglow, burning with the Spirit. I think serving the Lord. Maybe I did. But the Greek word there, be fervent, refers or means to be emotionally inflamed. (laughs) Enthusiastic. (sighs) I can't even make that. (laughs) Enthusiastic. Or excited. Emotionally inflamed, enthusiastic, or excited to be fervent. I think sometimes because of the choices and the things that we've made, and like I was just talking about, people lose their fervency. They lose their flame. Well, I should say this. They don't lose the flame. It's still there. It's on pilot. (laughs) It's the little pilot, you know, in there. And, you know, when you turn on a gas stove, it clicks. Some of us need just to click it onto 10. <laughs> we need some help clicking it. <laughs> I like this. Um, it also refers to a pot full of hot bubbling water over a flame. To be fervent. It's, the example is a pot full of hot bubbling water over a flame that gives off steam and heat. It's not stagnant. It's not idle. And it's not apathetic. 
It's not stagnant. It's not idle. And it's not apathetic. It's not stagnant. It's not idle. I know what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not having trouble. I'm not stagnant. I'm not idle. And I'm not apathetic. Oh, yeah, I've heard that verse before. Yeah, oh, they, they always, yeah, you should have heard what sisters are idle. Not stagnant. You know, if you think of the word stagnant, it's pretty interesting. <clears throat> he said, <laughs> John, what, 730, wherever it is, it says, uh, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's on the inside of us. He said, out of our belly shall flow (laughs) rivers of living water. So stagnancy is just the opposite of that. It's like this nasty, I mean, have you ever, I mean, you ever seen that? I know in Florida they have it because there's gators in it probably. (laughs) Get little gator things. You guys have big gators or little gators? Big big ones? Oh, both? Yeah, I just, you know, we won't get into the football team. you, You know I like football, so, but I like Georgia. But, um. But, you know, the stagnant water has a smell to it, an odor. It gets foul. It gets stagnant. You know why? Because there's no water stream flowing into it. It got blocked up. It got dammed. It, it, it doesn't have any pure, fresh water flowing into it. And so it becomes stagnant. And that's what happens so many times to us is things happen in life and and. Maybe as a tragedy or something was hard and we just didn't understand and, and all these different things have gone on and we become stagnant and stale. Crusty! And we have an odor about our, our spiritual lives. And other people can smell it, but we can't. It's kind of like having bad breath. Other people know it, but sometimes you don't know it. That's why they stand in 10 feet from you. Not to have a stagnant life, right? A life overflowing. A life full of joy and full of peace. Amen. <laughs> full of direction. Full of power. You know, I just don't feel like my face working. Yeah, because you're stagnant. <laughs> right? There's, there's elements, and you know you're taught well here. There's elements that make things click and go. Yeah. They make things click and go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. Not stagnant. Not full of a smell and odor, but full of the life and the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants us to have that in our life to overflowing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shebre. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. Real quick, is it okay if I minister to you? I, I won't, you don't have to step out here. Hallelujah. Can I minister to you? What's your name, sweetie? Abby. Father God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Yeah. Glory. Oh, hallelujah, yeah. 
We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. That you deal and you work. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 That's the anointing, just working, doing a work. Fresh anointing. Fresh. 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 Oh, say marando dega salamando rebesa because he cares for you. He cares for you. <laughs> Ooh, he knows your name. Ah, seramondere masaha. Yeah. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, thank you, Father. Your caring, your mercies, your goodness. Oh, you're so good. Thank you, Jesus. Showing her. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Yeah, yeah. Medekonde sekataya. Ha. Shemadamastuste. Glory. Is that okay? Shebremandu de sekadure masitere mamamaduba. Eshekadamasto. The Holy Ghost showed me this beforehand, so you just stand up for me. I don't even. What's your name? Kelsey. Kelsey. Father God, just thank you. Mandore basute managastubre manamingo tashta in the things so see so ma Jesus ha show her thank you father nora mande dero mastokora mastakere mama bado deva baba sikudema hallelujah hallelujah Glory, glory, glory. Ah. Let's just lift our hands for a moment. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ah. Ooh, help us to see these things, Lord, in a greater measure. Ooh, help us to walk in these things in a greater measure, Father. That we'll not just be hearers only, but we'll be doers. Ooh, so we don't deceive ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Living in this time with a purpose and a plan. Hallelujah. Marked for your use, Lord. Marked for your use, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marked. Yeah. Marked. Marked by you. Praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're faithful. You're good, <laughs> and you have a great future for us, and we worship you. Ooh, he's speaking to hearts. I love, I love the way he moves. <laughs> Glory. He's so tender and good, isn't he? Speaking to hearts, showing us adjustments, things that we need to do, and just little things that we need to adjust and it, things get lined back up, and then, ooh, it's just like, wow, it just works. Things are easy. For my, what does he say? My yoke is easy, <laughs> and my burden is light. When it becomes hard, and it's taxing, you need to get realigned, amen? Readjusted. Glory. Glory. 
Glory, 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 glory. Woo! And learn to pull up from the inside the joy of our salvation. Woo! Because it's down there. Woo! On the inside. It's, it's near us. It's even in our mouth. The joy. Woo! Praise God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.